sentence me to 20 years of boredom For trying to change the system from within I'm coming now, I'm coming to reward them First, we take Manhattan Yeah, that, of course, is First We Take Manhattan uh, by Leonard Cohen. It's the opening song of his 19, on his 1988 album, I'm Your Man, which is John Farley's choice for the Cultural Toolbox this week. John, you're very welcome. Thank you, and as I said to you beforehand, we're in great company this week. We're in really good company uh, this week. Uh, interesting choice. Yeah. Um, this album, it's a kind of a, I suppose it's a comeback album, wasn't it? Yeah, de- oh, very much. This is the, you know, Leonard Cohen probably almost has three phases and this is his second phase. Leonard Cohen, for the uninitiated, is a Canadian singer-songwriter who began life as a poet uh, and a novelist and then decided to play out his poems almost on guitar. And, you know, it's odd in this day and age, but he kind of became a mild rock and roll or certainly folk superstar in his early 30s, which was odd. And he jokes about it himself that, you know, he was he was well on the, ro- the road before he became a success. And he sang, and still continues, he sings very well-crafted songs which have a reputation of being very dark. They're not quite as dark as people think, but all about love, all about death, all about the heavy stuff with a wicked Religion, sense of humour. Religion, Yeah, the meaty topics, but with a wry smile. So... Through the 60s, songs like Suzanne, into the 70s, Chelsea Hotel, famous blue raincoat. Come the 80s, he's kind of out in a limb. The record company don't release his last album. You know, he's had albums produced by Phil Spector where he's famously said, you know, I found a bullet in my burger when I was eating it one day. He's had kind of a mad life. His career is in some kind of free fall. But there's this respect among, you know, he's the, he's the helped, musician's musician. Helped, it should be said, by um, Jennifer Warnes and that album that was released, uh, of, Famous Blue Wrinkle, of, which is of a covers of, of his. Songs, and yeah. that helped bring him back into the thing. Now, this was 1988, right? This is like Michael Jackson thriller. You know, the, the 80s, you know, MTV, videos. He is the antithesis of that kind of thing. Or and it is seems, he? It seems, or is he? Oh, it seems like it may be over for him. And then he comes back with this album, I'm Your Man. The cover alone, he's standing shades. He's 54 at the time, I think. Black jacket, eating a banana in a warehouse. This is Leonard Cohen. The Leonard Cohen people knew and mostly loved, but there's an age to him now. There's a darkness. There's a sense of, you know what? I've got the keys to the world. As he famously said later on, I've seen the future. It's murder. He's like this kind of comic poetic genius at the corner saying, this world is going to hell Mm. in a handcart and I'm going to sing the end for you, you know? I read a great line about the album cover. He said, you know, it was was me as I saw it looking really cool. But uh, of course, everyone just sees a guy with his face full of a banana, which Uh, is a real Leonard Cohen line. Exactly. But it's also, as he says, because I read that quote too, that that's kind of how the world is. You you look in the mirror and you see yourself and you think, I mean, even even someone like you probably has those moments. And then... The world sees you eating a banana. Then you see a photograph of yourself and you just go, actually, never had it. And that album, every line in it, is full of, of things like that. I, I uh, for Let, the first just, time... Go on, Just sorry. before we get to the... Yeah. Let's go back to the 80s aspect Yeah, okay. Because no problem. I'm I'd actually... To. I'd forgotten... Um, you know, I, I, I listened to the album again. I, I'd heard it, obviously, a lot in the past. But mm. the opening track, that 
track we made first we take Manhattan I've forgotten how synth poppy yeah, it is yeah. I mean the the opening bars would sound like a cross between the Pet Shop Boys <laughs> and the Final Countdown yeah and he was really trying to modernise his sound because people ha- had him pigeonholed as acoustic guitar almost to the point of parody was it a little bit was it slightly tongue in cheek because I mean, it was very synth, almost tinny. Maybe I don't think he quite saw it like that. I think he was trying to be ultra modern. But what he was definitively trying to do was was get away from the guitar sound. You know, there used to be jokes around. You know, how to clear a party, put on the Leonard Cohen song. You know, she gave me potatoes on the night. Billy Connolly as a joke. You know, so he was seen as that kind of guy. So he was actively trying to get away from that. So I suppose he took the most modern sounds of the time but there's great melodies in it you know but I suppose it's the lyrics for the first time in the Cultural Two Books I've brought a prop with me yeah because normally it's just Wikipedia you can sort yeah exactly even even if that you know but I have his collected songs and poems because he was a poet and you know I'm firmly of the opinion you know people go on that songs are poems I don't buy that at all that they're not really meant to be I mean She Loves You Yeah Yeah isn't the greatest lyric ever written however you put it to that music it's something different so songs I don't think are ever meant to be read as poems in the exception of two people in my humble estimation Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and the lyrics on this album they Um, are it sounds like a pretentious it's Brown-eyed girl, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. It sounds like a pretentious thing to say, but every line in these songs, they are poems. They really are. And they're beautiful lyrics. And they're, they're edgy lyrics. And they're scary lyrics. T- take a listen to this. One of, the, one of Leonard Cohen's fans' favourite songs is a song called Everybody Knows. I remember listening to this as a teenager with a friend of mine. And my, she was, my friend's sister came in and thought the tape machine was broken. He says it so many times. Down. Yeah. No, but also it sounded so slow. Oh, right, okay. and like, it was almost like someone had messed with you. This is Everybody Knows. Have a listen to get a sense of Leonard Cohen from this. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Yeah, um, great lyrics there. I mean, dark. Bleak, oh. but not without humour. Exactly, that's the thing. Very like, there's a line later in that song. Everybody's got this feeling like their father or their dog just died. I don't know why I find that so funny, but I do. And in interviews, he's like that as well. I remember he was doing. It's, it's hard to believe, but like one of those awful Q and As. And one of the questions was, when you look in the mirror every morning, do you like what you see? And he said, it depends who's standing behind me. He's just one of those people. He he works on everything he says in speech and in lyrics. Um, I I really like this album. Yeah, but dun, da, da, dun. there's a but coming up. Okay, uh, it's not my favorite Leonard Cohen okay. album. Okay, uh, I I'd much prefer, for example, I I think for me his two best albums yeah. are the '69 and '70 albums, "Songs from a Room" and "Songs of Love and Hate." I, I like I under I get this album and I get what he was trying to do, and I I think there's some really great mm-hmm. songs in it. I don't think it has the intellectual force that Oof. that that songs like um, the story of Isaac or Partisan or Joan of Arc or Bird on a Wire. I don't think he hits those heights. I think it's probably a more accessible album mm-hmm. than those ones. But and I love some of the songs. I just don't think it ha- like for me. Leonard, Leonard Cohen is about 
intellectual clout. And I don't think he delivers the same punch in this. Now, well, that, that's not to say it's, he delivers way more intellectual punch than, than 99% you, of, of albums. Yeah. But that's... Okay, well, I, I obviously I disagree fundamentally. I love all those albums and and some of the songs and those are some of the greatest songs ever written. But but I, I still think that intellectual cloud is there. But I think there's probably more humor. There's more self awareness, and his voice is actually better because it's like he suddenly said, "You know what? I'm I'm kind of like Bob Dylan. I have this flat rasp," and he's reveling in it. Mm. The, the, I, I the prefer when he didn't revel in it. I have to say. Well, I I it's sometimes like even first we take Manhattan. Yeah. There was bits of that, that in his voice that slightly jarred. It was almost like someone had told him, you have an amazing voice. Now, go out and use it. Now, not quite like the, yeah. the, the Phil Spector album he did yeah. when the voice was literally all over the shop. Crazy. But, yeah, I just no. I, maybe I just preferred the folkier element to it. Maybe possibly, it. possibly. Uh, but, but also as well, this, as I say, was the second chapter he went on. I could have easily picked the album after this, The Future which was amazing or the album after that 10 new songs I had 10 new songs it's funny like my wife beautiful. my wife hates Leonard Cohen yeah loves 10 new songs that, that's, a be- that's a beautiful album and they're it's very sincere I would say and, and there's less humour in that one but we should mention that you know he went up to a monastery came down and that was kind of the end of the second act he had 10 new songs and this was a whole career that you know would have been fine for anyone he was in his 70s then he found out that his manager the guy who'd been or the woman in this case who'd supposed to be taking care of him had been ripping him off left, right and centre and had to go back out on the road and do it even though he didn't want to and thank God for that because he's had this third act he's had new albums and he's been on stage and there have been incredible shows I wasn't at the famous one in Kilmainham mm. which where, was kind of the comeback basically grown men and women cried in the audience but he came on and the reception had him crying and he said this is a bad way to start and he looked at his guitar player who was crying as well now I don't want to over egg it and you know man it was this it was that but I saw him the second time in the O2 and there are musicians I probably prefer more that I would put on sooner but I remember I was there with my wife and she said to me are you all right?" there was something a question we ask quite often about yeah this was a rarefied one in this instance she thought there was something because Honestly, the molecules in the room had changed. When he came on stage, the presence was... I, I mean, the, I, I get tingly just thinking about it. it. was weird. It was like an alien had come and you could feel the man in the room. I know that sounds really out there, but if, if I could go to dinner with anyone, it would be Leonard Cohen. Yeah, the one thing that strikes me when I, I listen to any Leonard Cohen album, I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I contrast it to my own rather sort of dull life. I mean, he okay. has lived... Oh. An extraordinary yeah. life. Uh, maybe not, I'm not sure a life you'd want to live, but an no. extraordinary life. Extraordinary, extraordinary. And, you know, had all the pitfalls, divorces, drugs, you know, went to Israel during the conflict, all sorts of stuff ripped off, albums with Phil Spector, you know, everything you can imagine. A, a life fully, fully lived. But, you know, the black dog of depression followed him all through his life. But then in the 70s, he said, in his 70s, you know, neurologically, something just seemed to change for him. And he seems like, and he said this beautiful thing, he wished he could have met Kurt Cobain because he really thinks he could have helped him. He, He encountered a lot of people at the periphery. Have you 30 seconds for one thing? Go on, very quickly. I heard of a man who says words so beautifully that if he only speaks their name, women give themselves to him. If I am dumb beside your body while silence blossoms like tumours on her lips, it's because I hear a man climb the stairs 
and clear as throat outside her door. That's Rick Astley, isn't it? 19, yeah. Never going to Stock give you Aiken up. Stock Aiken and yeah. Okay, what it's, is it's, that? It's, it's a poem by Leonard Cohen. It's the first thing I ever heard. I heard it on a tape that he recorded for some San Francisco radio station. I said, that's cool. And I used to recite it to people, you know. Speaking of cool, most of the country, uh, are, are certainly <laughs> young people, are down electric picnic. Yes. The two uncoolest uh, men in Ireland are here talking about Leonard Cohen and uh, eating bananas. But look, it is a great <laughs> album. I slightly, It wouldn't be in my top three Leonard Cohen albums but look we'll, we'll just agree to disagree on that it's, okay. a, it's a fantastic and, but, album but you would recommend people if they've ah, heard yeah, it to yeah, turn it on and yeah, take it's a, a great album it is a great album uh, ok uh, are we going to play out with a track yes we are and it contains a brilliant song all about the business of songwriting Tower called of Tower of Song yeah, uh, Tower of Song, so Tower of song. I presume you're going to play and when it he was, when he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame he just read this you know, it's it's probably the greatest song ever written about writing songs, I would say. Okay, that's our lot for today. Off the Ball is up next. Just time for me to thank the team. Stephen Jordan, who produced, Aidan McKelvey, who researched. Have a great Sunday. We're going to play you out with a real classic. It's Leonard Cohen and Tower of Song. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play. And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet But I hear him coughing all night long Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song Of this you may be sure The 
the rich have got their channels in the bedrooms of the poor and there's a mighty judgment coming but I may be wrong you see I hear these funny voices in the tower of song I see you standing on the other side I don't How the river got so wide I loved you, baby Way back when And all the bridges are burning That we might have crossed But I feel so close to everything That we lost We'll never We'll never have to lose it again Tomorrow to the tower down the track But you'll be hearing from me, baby Long after I'm gone I'll be speaking to you sweetly From a window in the tower of song Yeah. 